Who are you? You used to hang out on a block back in Jersey. You're nobody. You're just another, just another clown from New Jersey. Satan will always remind you about who you were. I saw who was I saw a biker a couple of weeks ago. He's wearing a shirt. He said, the next time Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Because like when Pastor Gary, in his first sermon he preached, he brought up, the day's going to come when even old Lucifer's going to bend the knee. Against his will, but he's going to have to bend the knee with all creation and proclaim that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, we're new creations. Jesus Christ has set us free. Genuine saving faith produces good works in our life. James 2.26, faith without works is dead. Ephesians 2.10, we're God's workmanship. God's work of art. He's molding us more and more each and every day into the image of His Son. Paul says in Romans 3.31, he says there, after saying that we're saved by faith totally apart from works, he says, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. In other words, we're saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But once Christ saves us, He indwells us with the Holy Spirit and empowers us through His power. For the first time in our lives, He empowers us to obey God's laws. And that old man keeps creeping back into the picture. I tell you, they, they often try to make it look like the battle between whether you sin or not is like two fierce dogs fighting each other. You know, the, the sin nature versus the divine nature type of thing. Let me tell you, when, when Christians sin, and we all do, we all have to be honest, none of us are perfect. Hopefully we're doing it less and less as we grow in Christ. But the fact is, when we sin, it is not natural for us to do that anymore. We're going against our nature now. When we sin, it's more like taking a dead dog for a walk around the block. It makes no sense whatsoever. But we still do. Why? I mean, we got the throne room of God. We got the palace of heaven. How come we always end up wallowing in the mud? It's not that Jesus' salvation wasn't adequate. It's that we just underestimate the power that is available to us. Jesus has given us the power to say no. We've got to stop listening to Lucifer. He's the one who's telling us that sin is so powerful and we can't say no to it. Uh, look at Matthew. We already looked at Matthew 7 where Jesus said, Not everyone who says to the Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of his Father who is in heaven, showing that true faith produces good works in the person's life. But also Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. Jesus clearly, you know, read the Gospel of John, clearly thought that all you have to do is believe in him and you'll be saved. Yet, in Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33, he says this, Everyone, therefore, who shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, I will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Jesus is saying that one of the signs of a true believer is he's going to share his faith. There's really no such thing as a secret agent Christian who's always undercover and never reveals his true identity to all his non-believing friends. There's no such thing. If you've truly been saved by Jesus Christ, if you know this sweet, sweet word called salvation, you can't keep it in. You can't bury it. You can't hide it. 
you've got to go out there and you've got to share it because genuine saving faith produces good works. So we've seen that all are sinners. We can't save ourselves. Jesus is the only way for us to be saved. He died on the cross for our sins and took our punishment for us. And so we must trust in Him alone for salvation and receive the free gift of salvation. But then we've also seen that genuine saving faith produces good works in our lives and begin, we begin to be transformed from within through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now I want to look at just two verses in application for us. They're both in the book of Isaiah. You know, often I spend hours on a message and then I come to church and God starts speaking to me in a praise and worship and I end up finishing up my message during a praise and worship and that's what happened today. Uh, just as we're praising God, all of a sudden the Lord starts talking to my heart and I'm saying, Lord, why now? I mean, why tell me now? I just want to praise you. And it's like the Lord's saying, well, you weren't listening to me all week. You're too busy studying and you just didn't want to listen to me. And the Lord showed me something, but Isaiah 45, verse 22. First off, if you don't know Jesus, look at this verse real close. Don't, don't leave this building and re rejecting Christ unless you really know what you reject. If you really don't want heaven, if you really don't want salvation, fine. But really think about what you're turning down if you're going to turn down Jesus today. If you haven't asked Jesus to be your Savior, look at this verse. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Nobody else. Ain't going to be Buddha, ain't going to be Muhammad, ain't going to be Confucius. Ain't nobody else. There might be a lot, of, might be a lot who are willing to save, but they're not able to save. They don't have the ability to save. But only Jesus is both willing and able to save us. If you're unsaved, turn to Jesus for salvation. But if you're saved already, look at Isaiah 52 and verse 7. The song, one of the songs we sang today. By the way, a little background here. The guys used to have to stay in the towers, the watchtowers and all, when a war was going on and stuff. And it was, it was like the way we get our mail today, you know, shows up in a mailbox and stuff. Well, for them, it wasn't that way. What you had was these crazy guys who used to, kind of like the Pony Express without horses. They were runners. These guys used to run 20, 20 30 miles to deliver a message. And uh, the Greeks used to do it too as well. But during the battle, they'd always send, you know, a, a real fortunate guy. He doesn't, his life's not on the line. He's not going to fight in the battle. But what they're going to do is he has to report back to the people, you know, who might be 20, 30, 40, 50 miles away, who's winning the battle. Well, it got to the point where they were so used to this stuff, they could tell who was winning the battle by looking at the feet of the guy who was running. By how he was running, they could tell whether his feet, he was, bring, he was happy to come back, or whether he was real sad he had to come back and bring a, a sad message. By the way, I think it's Nike is the... They make the sneakers out. That means victory. And it was an ancient Greek, I don't know if it's myth or based on truth, where the guy at the end of his message came back and as he felt, he, just, he was running so hard, as he fell and was dying, he yelled to the people, Nike, which means victory. 
He reported victory. But that, that's the context of this passage. Listen to what it says. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. Paul, in Romans chapter 10, applies this passage directly to those who go out and share the gospel message. And Paul is basically praising the feet of the evangelist who traveled to share the good news of peace with God, who shared the good news of salvation to others. If you're not saved, the number one problem that you face in life is not your mortgage, it's not your car payment. If you're unsaved, the number one problem that you have in life is you need to be saved. But if you are saved, your number one problem is still not your mortgage, your job, your car payment. Your number one problem is you come in contact with people every day who need to be saved. And so if you're, sa if you're not saved, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. If you are saved, don't keep that news in. Share it with others and uh, spread the message of salvation, the sweet word of salvation. In conclusion, Christians do not do good works to get saved. They do good works because they are saved. Good works are the fruit of salvation, not the root or cause of salvation. And always remember that Jesus loves you enough to save you just as you are, but He loves you too much to leave you there. He's not going to leave you wallowing in the mud. He's going to raise you up and give you a powerful ministry so that you can touch others with the sweet, sweet word of salvation and the salvation message. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' precious name, we just thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you, Lord, above all else, for your salvation, for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross of wood for our sins. Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here at all, I don't know the hearts of everyone, and sometimes we don't even know our own hearts, but Lord, if there's anyone here who's never ever asked Jesus to be their Savior, who hasn't admitted to God that they're a sinner, that they fall short, and then trusted in your Son Jesus alone for salvation, I pray, Lord, that, that they right now would recognize that they need to be saved and would turn their life over to Jesus and ask, ask Jesus for, for His salvation. Lord, I pray that if there are, is anybody out there who hasn't asked Jesus to be their Savior, that they would come up and talk to somebody else in the church after the service. That they would let them know that, uh, that they need Jesus. Uh, I pray that they would realize that we will be staying in the back. They can go back there to us and pray with the elders or the deacons or whoever might want to pray with them to accept Jesus. But I just pray, Lord, that no one would leave this building today without having settled the most important issue in life. And that is trusting in Jesus Christ, who is himself life. And Lord, I pray for those of us who are saved. And sometimes, Lord, we just hang out and do our own thing and think, well, we're going to heaven, that's all we need. Lord, you told us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, I pray that we would never, ever downplay your salvation and take it lightly but that instead we would glorify your name and share your salvation message with, with everybody we come in contact with. That you would mold us to be the kind of people you want us to be. 
and guide us to be all that you called us to be so that we can serve you with every breath of life. The Apostle Paul knew he wasted his early life killing Christians. All he could do was lay behind that past and press on and give, give you today and every breath of his life from then on. And I pray, Lord, that we would do the same. That we would not keep this beautiful blessing of salvation to ourselves, but that you would make us powerful evangelists who through your power and through your wisdom and through your love reach out to our co-workers and our friends and our relatives and our neighbors and share the love and the salvation message of Jesus with them each and every day. Lord Jesus, you saved us and we don't deserve it. Please make us evangelists to spread your gospel message with others. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.